Welcome to the What's Good Podcast. I'm your host, Milton Young. Welcome to episode 29. I'm with Tom Regal. Tom is a professional MMA fighter. Uh, I met Tom years ago, actually, when I first started training jujitsu at Spa City with uh, Eddie Fivey. I saw Tommy rolling um, and he looked like an absolute savage. So I started asking around the gym about who he was and giving me a little bit more information. And right off the bat, as soon as I mentioned that I was going to be doing a podcast, he was one of the names that people mentioned I should definitely have on the show just based on his experience, um, just based on his career, because he's had a tremendous amount of amateur fights. And he's just an overall good guy, very intelligent. He's not the typical MMA guy that people would expect. I mean, all MMA guys, I think, are very intelligent people. They don't get the... the um, a lot of people don't give them that type of credit, but when you listen to Tom talk today and some of the conversation we have, you'll see what I mean. But uh, yeah, without any further ado, enjoy the show. Tom, what's good? What's good, Poppy? <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Real good. Real good. Nice to finally have you on the show. I know. It's yeah. nice to hang out. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So how's life going? Good? Life's, uh, life's going good. You've been following up on uh, UFC? Yeah. What do you think about that uh, BMF title com- that title fight coming up? I think it's awesome. Yeah, you um, think so? I like how it's uh, they're making their own title. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... I feel bad for uh, Usman. You know, he, you know, you worked the whole way up to get to the title and it's just like, now it's not, no, you're not the guy. Yeah, like, yeah, who's yeah. the guy? They're welterweights, you know what I mean? And um, it's really for the baddest motherfucker. Yeah, you know? it really it's, is. And the two people fighting for it are definitely worthy of that title. And they're not wrestlers. No, that's, you that's, know, that's yeah. what people like. You that's know so I mean? true. That's so true. Yeah. So who do you think is, uh, who's going to take it? Oh, man. It's it, such a hard decision. MMA math. Is very tough. It is. Um, I'm a huge Nick Diaz fan. Yeah. Like, since the beginning. Oh, man. Like, if I want to get hyped up, uh, get a workout in, I'll watch a Nick Diaz, you know, highlight or something on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, Nate's cool, too. But I think George Masvidal's, like, he's just got that explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's been through it all. You know, he's been fighting in Asia, you know. Um, I think he's got his number, dude. Yeah, you think yeah. so? Yeah. You know, I keep on thinking that he's going to, that Nate is going to take it with a submission for some strange reason. Um, yeah. But you're right. I mean, Masvidal has, his last performance has just been unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the power, his speed, his, his. I mean, the, the way that he strategizes with his team to come up with the right game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then... The momentum behind him and you know better than me confidence in a fighter I mean, when you have that i mean you're almost unstoppable and he has it yeah right now so yeah he, he might he might have his number but i, I think it's definitely going to be a good fight and they're both coming there to put on a show yeah if he if nate can keep him um in that mode where george was had that consistent run of split decisions they were mm-hmm. talking about yeah if he can keep george from you know that like you know, you take uh, Darren Till versus George Masvidal, both two explosive guys. Like the, the those type of exchanges are going to happen. Oh, most definitely. But with Nate, I think he's 
you know, they're both going to settle in more. Where I don't know if uh, I think George might take that that game plan that most people do against the Diaz's where they kick the leg. Yeah, that's yeah. You know what I mean? He's a good kicker. So yeah, I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah, honestly. Speaking of good kick, I heard about your kicks. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of notorious about for your kicks, actually. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. So uh, you're a fighter. You're a pro fighter. Yep. But brought me back to the beginning. Like, when did you? When was the first time that you realized that you wanted to fight? I didn't even know I wanted to fight until I was like a couple months into a grappling gym. It was a weird. It was a weird gym. Yeah. I can't. Exp- it's hard to explain. I'm gonna try my best. It's called uh, Montavo's Extreme MMA. It's okay. in Amsterdam. And uh, at the time, I was like 230 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was big. I was beefy. Wow. I ate whatever I wanted, lifted all the time, um, which led to a lot of my injuries mm-hmm. that I've had. Um, but I had this one kid. His name, shout out to AJ Burak, former Marine. He's a good kid. He's just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm training down at um danny's i'm like oh who's danny's like you know that guy that comes in the gym he's got that neck that's just massive it's like a freaking cinder block (laughs) i'm like he's like yeah we all go down there and just like beat on each other i was like what the hell is this i don't know i'm not sure he's like and at the time actually i was big in a spike tv like when spike first came yeah like fear factor and yeah uh then i started watching the ultimate fighter so i was like okay this is this is cool stuff you yeah know? so he's like yeah we kind of do stuff like that and i think in the back of my mind it's something i was like wanting to try because football wasn't going my route i didn't have the best grades in school mm-hmm. even though like f- football is what kept me in school and uh so yeah i went down to this gym and you know i heard a little bit about danny and they didn't really, they didn't run a class with technique. It was like, <laughs> they would just do Shark Tank all the time. Oh my God. What's Shark Tank? So Shark Tank in there. So Shark Tank in wrestling is where, um, I think it's just a nonstop go in, in the center of the map, but this one is on the wall. So you're defending, standing up on the wall, like, you know, you're on the cage mm-hmm. and they bring in a fresh guy every single uh, minute. Oh, that's so you're defending yourself against like Mervin, uh, shout out to Mervin Rodriguez, um, Merv's auto in Amsterdam. <laughs> He's a long time, uh, MMA fighter. He, he would always be there. Um, some other guys who had some, a lot of grappling knowledge. And actually that's when I first met Matt Secor. Oh yeah. Yeah. He popped, he, was- he popped in one day. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, this guy looks like a psychopath. <laughs> this was when Matt was a blue belt. Okay. And he would like, he had those eyes, right? His eyes were bugged out wide. And he's just like, I'm going to kill every single one of you in here. <laughs> and an I, was awesome like, I was like, oh, shoot. And oh at that time, which actually is pretty cool because now, you know, we were talking about earlier about egos. Like I had no ego whatsoever. Yeah. Like it wasn't jujitsu. So I, I wouldn't say I was a white belt, but I was green and I, I wasn't like in that competitive mindset, you know? Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to get beat up. Right. You know, I'm just trying to defend it. Defend yourself. It's yeah. weird. Cause we all come into, you know, um, this sport 
with a different mindset. So That's for true. this, I, I was I had no intentions of competing until you know the ultimate fighters getting cooler and cooler you know yeah and uh i'm like yeah this is something i want to do and um so i had a friend of mine his name was dan mcnamara and he was a really good wrestler he was he was getting recruited by army oh wow yes i think i know that name yeah. i've heard that name before he, yeah he's yeah. um he's a montgomery county sheriff have you gone to james Fowles? yes yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so that's maybe that's why I know the name. You might have yeah. because his ex-wife hangs out there. Yeah, I know that. Yep, got it. Okay. <laughs> got it. Boom. I don't know how I made that connection. <laughs> yeah, but you did. Um, so I would always be like, Dan, you know, come train at Danny's. And it was so hard to because towards the end, like less and less people started to show up. And it got to the point where it was just me. Oh, wow. And it was kind of sad. Um where Danny ended up turning into just a personal trainer. I got it. So yeah. like he would just kind of work me out and I wouldn't like, he would like, I would pay him at the end of the week or he let me slide. Like, I, you know, I was a young kid. I didn't have much yeah, money. Yeah, right, you know, right. Just work with you. Going to school. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, but he actually was invited to do UFC 1. Oh, wow. I know. And That's he passed crazy. it up. He's like, yeah, at the time, he's like, I had a good job at Golub. <laughs> Oh, and you could have made a history. Yeah, right. You could have changed history. Yeah, it's so true, though. <laughs> You're right. You could have been a part of history. And it was so different back then. Like, us yeah. looking back at it now, it's like, yeah, that was, what were you even thinking about? But yeah. him in that situation where MMA was not being as widely received, mm -hmm. I get it, kind of, you know? Yeah, at that time, they, they must have been in this area, and they were like, who's the toughest guy around? Yeah. They were, they were scouting recruiting, people. Yeah. And... I can't, I can't think of the guy's name. Maybe it was UFC 2 or 3, but mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's still um, it's a UFC invitation. There's a guy in Schenectady that fought, and he lied. He said he was a black belt. He wasn't a black belt, but like, Danny's just a different being. Danny's got a wrestling move. It's called the Montauk. Oh, my gosh. He's got his own move. Everyone knows it. Oh, That's sorry. Insane. Um, So, yeah, so I, I got a lot of my grittiness and toughness and um spinal injuries from there <laughs> so all you know the pain as a, a brown belt starts to accumulate when you get a brown belt which you will yeah congratulations just, thanks yeah, thanks but you're yeah. gonna have injuries the brown belts like everyone's beat up it's true it's very true that's what you hear about it but you you work through it right you work through it you work through it but um it still sometimes it prevents you from training it prevents uh it should but you know you love jujitsu so much you're like oh i'm just gonna tape my fingers and now i never had the finger issues now i have the weird you know how people tape their knuckles yeah it's the same thing i'm, gonna now I'm having that yeah the knuckle issue the inflammation now in my fingers yeah, is the terrible it really oh. is it never goes away no nope. yeah it never goes away no nope. but it's so worth it though yeah it's still it's a sickening thing i don't know why jujitsu is so addictive but and once you get bit by the bug it's just it's in your blood yeah. all the time never go away yeah and some of the pain that you have to endure like i'll see like a lot of the higher belts when they are injured they still come in and they're still going through getting reps with what they can mm -hmm. and still going through the, the technique teaching and everything so it's a little different for the higher levels like yourself but um yeah that's been my my reason for not training a lot of times i get an injury i'm like boom i'm off the mat and mm -hmm. i wish i would handle it differently but Fortunately, I just haven't been able to. Other, yeah. other things gets in the way, the life gets in the way, and yeah. 
before you know you're not back on the map but you guys you guys navigate that i mean yeah. that's why you're a brown belt it's yeah. it's a part of navigating life and just making jujitsu a part of your life so much that you really can't function without it i mean yeah. i feel like a different person when i don't train how about you i do yeah. um things start to slide yeah they you do know? they do it's amazing like all right you take two hours out of your day or maybe it's an hour and a half to train how it holds the rest of the day together mm -hmm. and if you don't have that hour and a half dedicated to something as disciplined as jujitsu how it everything starts to begin to fall apart it's interesting yeah it is so when was your um your first like fight like your first amateur experience in fighting once you started okay I'm so i found sweeney's boxing in okay. delmar um my cousin brought me there and he was like he was like my bully growing up he was like oh he was really? like i i was the youngest that all the all the kids in my family they beat the crap out of me. <laughs> so i had a, a bench a bench in my basement and i'm like i'm just gonna lift this weight like i'm just gonna like even when the the weight finally got lighter i would just do hundreds of reps and the bar was bent like and then eventually they just left me alone <laughs> but then my cousin all of a sudden gets in a boxing and he knows this boxer and that boxer and he knows their stats and he's just like now he's like living you know this fantasy and he thinks he yeah. can just beat everyone's ass now because he's been training for a couple months at sweeney so i'm like all right let's see what this is about so i go there and i was so big at the time i couldn't even put my elbows to my rib cage oh, like wow. i was so beefy yeah, yeah. muscle and, um, bone yeah i was repping all sorts of weight and then you know they you get on the speed bag you get on the the jump rope actually the introduction of boxing is also amazing it's like this it's just you say that it's just a beautiful thing because it's something that's um like history like keeps itself there. that's true that's, that's a what's a beautiful yeah thing that's a it. really you good know, point the smell of the canvas the ropes like the old stuff you know the old mentality you go to the right boxing gym you know they got old flyers hanging up yeah it's so true that's a really good point and you're looking at some of the greatest boxes of all time and you're like this is how they started you yeah know, they skip rope all the time they hit the speed bag you know that's true and then you just keep getting better at jumping rope better yeah. at speed bag better at hitting the bag and you know um you're lucky enough to finally find someone who wants to take you under your wing which that's doesn't true, happen though. That's a it, good point. It doesn't happen around here. Yeah. You know, so. That's a really good point, too. Yeah. Because that, that mentor type relationship and um, how much effort and investment they'll put into you really will determine whether you're successful or not. Yeah. But like the young kids, you know, that's why like Jarek Jarek Jones, he really, mm. he builds up these amateur boxers, these young, young kids, inner city kids. And, yeah. you know, there's a couple um, that are really on the brink of being stars right now. So yeah. it's it's a really cool thing. It is cool. It is, yeah. it is cool. And you experience that too. Like you can see what the impression that it's left on you, just boxing. You know what I mean? Boxing. Uh, so I boxed for a couple months. I actually met a really good friend of mine. He's like one of my best friends now. And he was the trainer there at the time. And dude, this was crazy. They'd have, wear a headset and they'd have a phone, an actual like house phone hooked to their pants. And when someone would call while you're doing mitts, they would answer the phone and they're like, Sweeney's boxing and they're doing mitts. And I don't know how they do this. No other gym does this. Yeah, right. I don't know where this comes from. 
we, you got to get Rick Sweeney on here. He's a fucking <laughs> nutcase. Um, that is interesting. But that gym actually doesn't exist anymore. He sold yeah. it. He works at shots now. But that's where I started. And as I was um, training there, slimming down. Um, I, Why was it so important for you to slim down just through movement, like shoulder movement? and Yeah. Yeah, having um, that flexibility and range of motion. Yeah. And, you know, like freaking... You're a heavyweight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're a small guy weighing, you know, 230 pounds, and you're in the heavyweight division. Yeah. Like, you don't want to get <laughs> you don't Mike get Tyson on. Yeah, it, that's you know true. What I mean? Good point. But um, while I was there, I picked up a book called uh, The Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan. And I never told anyone about this. Um, never really talked about it. And I read this book, and now everything started linking together in my brain. I was like, wait a minute, Muay Thai... Um, this is what I saw on MTV True Life way back when Kit oh. Cope, Kit Cope had these mm-hmm. like hand wraps. It was I forgot what they called it, Moy Baran or something like that. And they were it was almost bare knuckle. And um, this is the coolest thing ever. Thailand, the way Thailand was, and there's people with money in their hand. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. You have the energy. Yeah. So yeah. I read this book and I was just so inspired. I was 19 years old, and I'm like, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I took I had a journal. And I wrote like a list of what I wanted to do with my future. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I'm like, what inspired you to do that? Do it that way. Write it down. What um, made you do that? Because I don't ever write anything down. <laughs> I might as well write my future down. You know what it is? I'm <laughs> Sounds, good. Sounds so good. So I was, uh, I was kind of struggling at Hudson Valley. I went for television production, but I could not wake up. I'm not a morning person. I couldn't wake up and go. The class was on Saturday at eight in the morning on Saturday in the morning. And I had to go from Amsterdam to Troy. Yeah, that's that. And uh, I'm like, yeah. So you miss one of those classes because it's once a week. It's it puts a dent. Yeah. You know, so um, that stuff's always been my that was my first love was film. But um, I write down the list and I write uh, looking in the military Right. I said, Thailand, here's all the percentages, the money I need to raise wow. for, for me to go, um, where I want to go. Funny, I've been listening to Joe Rogan since 2010 or 11, his first very episode. And he's like, oh, you know, there's this place called Tiger Muay Thai. So I'm like, ooh, Tiger Muay Thai. <laughs> so I type it on Google and find it on Google. Uh, it was very small at the time. And I'm like, that's where I'm going to go. I call up. I say, you know. They helped me get my visa. They told me where I needed to, uh, like what classes I needed to sign up. But if anyone decides they want to go, just go and then pay when you get there because you don't want to pay for all these classes in advance because you're, you're going to sightsee. You might want to go train at other gyms. Um, I recommend just doing privates. Like, well, if you are a beginner, then take some of the beginner group classes. But for me, I'm kind of like a lone wolf. I just need to be with like a trainer one-on-one mm-hmm. type stuff. But yeah, it's funny on the list I put, um, if this doesn't work out, check in the military. Then I wrote a couple other stuff and then I wrote, decided if you want to go to the military again. <laughs> like I was like avoiding it, but it was, <laughs> yeah, it was always a, like a, a fail, a fail safe, right? Yeah. yeah. Fail safe type deal. <laughs> but yeah. So I get to, um, so I flew to Thailand. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So how old were you when you were in Thailand? I was 19 and wow. I had a girlfriend at the time, which mm-hmm. we'll get into because women have really destroyed my life. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They, um, 
that's all I've ever known is women in yeah. my life. And yeah. they, they, uh, they have an impact. They really do. They have an impact. Yeah. And they know how to scramble your brain. They do. That's what they specialize in. But what I found funny <laughs> was... <good> and bad. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh, I had a girlfriend. Um, she just acted like she didn't care about anything. I'm like, are we even in a relationship? Like, it's been going on for five years. Am I just kind of showing up? You know, like a cat? You know, a cat just comes up to the door like... That's just what I was, you know. Uh, that's so funny. Um, we'll definitely get into that. Yeah, so I'm on the plane, mm-hmm. which Singapore, I think it was Singapore Air. Yeah. This was an amazing flight. Yeah, like, Singapore take, Air is amazing. You, have you flown? Oh, yeah. Where'd you phenomenal. go? To Singapore. I've been oh, to Singapore. yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous there. Yeah. And the the flight, the service, that the how beautiful the flight attendants are, for one, but yeah. the equipment there is amazing. It's like yeah. um, you're flying in a Mercedes or something, you yeah. know? The food, A class one service. It's the insane. seat, the space is big. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, you're super comfortable. You fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You wake up. There's another meal on your lap. Yeah. They're yeah, always yeah. feeding. Yeah, you. they're on point. Dude, yes. it's good food. It's not. It's yep. not BS food. Yeah. But so you flew to Singapore. Yeah, I went to Singapore. So what? What was the flight direction you took? Like, uh, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I did it like 12 years ago. I'm not sure. Okay. What way did you go? I took. I so. Singapore Air, not mm-hmm. knowing that you end up going to Singapore first. Yeah. So I go from uh, Boston or JFK, not sure. But I ended up flying to Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, that's what I remember. Went to Frankfurt and then a direct flight from Frankfurt to Singapore. Or, yeah, to Singapore. Yeah. That's <gasps> a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no joke. Oh, you have to stop somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it completely different. I'm definitely going to fly into Bangkok because you can just jump on a flight there and it's cheaper. No, this Bangkok is you going Bangkok. back again. This yeah. Is back more yeah. recently, you're going to be taking a different route. Yeah. Okay. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Yeah, boom, boom, through Bangkok. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I wanted to tell you, I'm on this flight Yeah. and I signed to go for two months. Like I've never been away from my house that two long. Two months. Two months. Living in a dorm. And I remember the flight door closes and I'm just, you know, kind of looking around, like, you know, getting situated. I've been on a flight before, you know, domestic flights. And all of a sudden it just hits me like a wave. I'm like two months. (laughs) And I just stand up in my seat and I'm looking around and I'm having this anxiety attack. And the the stewardess comes over and she's like, sir, sir, sit down, sit down. And I just grab, you know, the edge of my seat. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I... I like a little tear came out. (laughs) I was terrified. Like what the reality just hit you? I've never done Muay Thai before. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I know, dude. Oh Oh, my god. Yeah. So so that was just a moment though. It was just a moment, right? It was just a moment. And I also have like kind of like social anxiety like mm-hmm. maybe a little like i'm very awkward around people so i would be afraid to be like excuse me can i go to the bathroom <laughs> oh. i would just sit there and hold and not move oh. for the whole flight oh. <laughs> that's terrible dude that's terrible my body was destroyed oh yeah that's terrible i get off the flight and uh there's a guy with a, a sign that's saying tiger muay thai on it I get in the cab. He's like, oh, you go to Tiger? I was like, yeah, I'm going to Tiger. I get there, and 
Do you remember when Tom's the slippers came out like a long, long time ago? No, no, no. You know that they look like little Bruce Lee slippers. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I couldn't get these off. I could not get them off my feet. I had to cut them off because my feet swolled up from oh, the flight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I started panicking. I was like, because when you go to any store in Thailand, you have to take your shoes off. Other than like a seven eleven. Yeah, 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 right, right. Um, but it's very cool. Yeah. You know, to be able to do that. Um very respectful. Yeah, it is. You know, it I is. love that. Yeah. I grew up that way, taking my shoes off at the door. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, they don't have that style anymore. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, so yeah, that was a that was a great experience. That's insane. So yeah. what was the training like there? So I made a goal. I said that this I didn't set this goal. I set the goal when I got there. I'm like, I'm gonna have a fight. I'm going to have a fight at the end of this because I actually I had a little smoker fight for cage wars. I know you asked me about yeah. my first fight. It was like headgear, shin guards, big 16 ounce gloves. Mm-hmm. And this is cage wars, one of their first shows. Oh, and wow. It, it okay. was at the Saratoga. Wow. It's where Legion used to be. It's some some venue in, mm-hmm. in Clifton Park. Um, so I fought there. And I was really heavy set, you know, it was, it was tough, but I won the fight um, just from like, you know, boxing skills that I had, mm-hmm. just like a little, you know, I actually taught myself how to roundhouse kick, get this, off of YouTube, Boss Rootman has a tutorial, like oh an old, God. old one. And I asked for a heavy bag for like Christmas or my birthday or something. And I hung it up in the garage and I was watching this video, kicking the bag, watching the video, kicking the bag. And, dude, I kid you not, now that I'm a professional, right, that video fucking works. <laughs> because I, honest to God, like, I kick like a fucking, like, a brick shithouse. Because, yeah, I've heard about because, your kicks. Because, I've heard about your kicks. Well, Matt Matt has really strong kicks, too. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to hold mitts for him. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah. I just have pussy-ass forearms or, like, elbows or something like that. Um, But... So I get to the beginner class, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. this is bull crap. I don't want to be here anymore, right? So oh, wow. I, uh, I, I've, I had to go to the head trainer. I'm like, can I go to the, you know, you have to ask. Or you, I would have spent my whole summer in the beginner class if I didn't ask. I got you. Yeah, so yeah. Th- they'll just leave you there, right? Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're ready, go. Right. And um, I asked him, and he's like, um, one more day. And then I was like, you know what? I just wanted the in- intermediate class. I did that for about three days and I'm like, I want to go to the pro class. And that's where all the pro fighters were. And I ended up going to the pro class and they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm in the pro class. Like I'm supposed to be here, even though I wasn't And the one trainer, like he was holding mitts for me, took out the boxing ones. And like, he was kind of mocking me in a way. And I had a couple different issues. Like for this being my first time, I was mocked a couple different times there. And for, you know, most people kind of like, eh, they'll shy away and they're done with it. I just kind of, you know, ignore it and just push it through it. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. He pulls out these yellow boxing mitts and he's like kind of laughing at me. Right. And I'm in the pro class and um, he he puts the pads like, uh, you know, throw a leg kick. And I'm like, are you sure? And he like laughed. He's like, yeah, come on. And uh, I just tapped it. And he. Because like, he had the little mitts on. You yeah, know, I didn't yeah, want to hurt his yeah. hands. He's like, that's all you got? I'm like, all right. And I just fucking whacked it, dude. And he jumped up so high in the air. And it was so funny. He ran. He was completely <laughs> serious now. And he went and grabbed another trainer. And they grabbed the tie pads. And they're like, watch him kick this pet. 
Get out of here. I kick the pad and now all these trainers come around. They don't speak English. And they're all watching me. And I'm just like, what? What? And it was awesome. just like, I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> and then, but still, I still took it as like, maybe they're still making fun of me. Yeah. I don't know. So that's another thing with the whole that's ego awesome. thing. Yeah. So I'm always shooting myself back down. But it was, that, that part was funny. Another time we are on the jujitsu mats. This cobra comes over the wall. You gotta be kidding me. Comes over the wall out of the jungle and starts slithering on the mat. And I'm grappling and there's a bunch of other kids grappling, right? And the snake, I look over, I'm in like guard and I look over and the snake is slithering on the mat and it comes up to bite this kid. And there was a trainer with a stick, whacks it at the end of the head, knocks the snake out, throws it back in the jungle. Like it was nothing? Yeah. That kid would have been toast. Yeah, that would have been a wrap. That would have been bad. That would have been really, really bad. Really bad. Um, another time, so the whole entire time I was there training, um, I had a trainer, uh, Cruz Sawat, his name is, and he's like, has over 400 fights, like so many fights they can't even like calculate him. They calculate him. He's been doing it for a long time. He actually looks like a catfish because um, make sure you wear glasses when you ride mopeds because years of debris getting in his eye. His like lenses, it looked crazy. He looked like a catfish. I can't explain it. I'm not huh. a doctor. <laughs> but he ended up getting eye surgery the day I had a fight. So what happens is they gauge you off of how well you hit mitts. Right. So if I'm holding mitts for you and I got, you know, all the gear on and I don't have to tell you anything, all I gotta do is hold the mitts. You know the combinations. Like just the way I'm holding the mitts, you know what to do. That's just off insane. of the body, because you don't need English. You don't need to. They don't need to tell you like cross hook, whatever. All they say is more power, man. More power. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. It's awesome. So, um, that's cool. So I got to the point where I didn't need a word said to me, and he's like, Tom. He come. He's like, come on, come here. You ready? <laughs> it was so epic. <laughs> that's so cool. Really. Yeah. So he tells me um, he's got to get eye surgery that day and he's going to have another trainer step in, right? So also when you're training with somebody, you go off of their rhythm. Yeah. He brings in this young kid. He's like, he just retired from Muay Thai. So what happens is when they're done being Lupini champions and stuff like that, they become trainers, right? Mm -hmm. They go to these local gyms. That's how they make money. Um, He's holding mitts for me. And it's like, like I never... did this before it was uh, terrible right, right and the guy he just he just got out of the ring and walked away and i'm just sitting there like i have a fight in a couple of days like i was like terrified and he was telling everybody like oh i'm gonna lose like he literally told everyone i'm gonna lose so all i know is i had to be there the next day to get in a van to go to the stadium so i get in the stadium or i go to the van we're heading to the stadium and it's a different trainer now Oh, my God. Get this. This is on YouTube. This guy fought Manny Pacquiao when Manny was 18. This guy doesn't stop smiling. When he gets knocked out by Manny Pacquiao, he still has a smile on his face. You, We need to look this up at some point. He's like, he's in the corner and the rope's knocked out. He's still smiling. It's so funny. Because all his friends there, they'll make fun of him. They'll pull that clip up and be like, he's so smiling. (laughs) But... He, so that's pro boxing. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's also boxing there. And I got to 
he had his own Western boxing class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily I had some boxing experience. And he's like, you all go boxing, man. No, That's good. He's like, you from New York? Go boxing, man. <laughs> and, uh, so I didn't have to, I didn't want to tell him, you know, it's different where I live. It's not the city. You know how you Yeah, right. Yeah, that? right. Yeah. So like, they don't get it. Yeah. He's him. Yeah. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I met some, some really good friends. It's weird because... There's other people that are going there for their first time, and it's weird. You kind of just gravitate towards one another, and I just have, like, some of the best friends. Like, I met, you know, we hung out for two months straight. Exactly. Just did everything yeah. together, and I would take a bullet for these guys. Yeah. It's so. weird. It was very weird. And um, I still talk to these guys from now, from time to time, and we did a lot of fun stuff out there. The so. running there is insane, too. They have you do, like, these crazy like five mile runs so those they have that tiger was a little bit different okay so bangkok bangkok muay thai like Mm -hmm. it's completely different it's like constant pressure forward 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 phuket is more like laid back they pick up the knee they lean back you kick i kick type stuff um but those mainly those gyms like the stories that you hear those are like foreigners that were invited to these gyms um, or they're, you're, they're in like a selected small group where they're like, you have a mandatory run. I just got lucky enough where I met this, um, this kid, he was a sergeant in the recon Marines. And he's just like, why don't you come on a run with me one day? And this small was like 220 pounds. Like I was big and I don't run. I don't run long yeah. distance. You know what I mean? Especially when you're 220. Yeah. It's so the last thing you want to do. He takes me. We go for this crazy loop in the Thai heat. It's so bad. And, uh, you know, he's he's running. He's running. He finishes the run, comes back and gets me and, like, just back and forth. And I just developed this, like, endurance. Like, um, you know, that's from inner demons, too. Like, a lot yeah. of triathletes that these people that do this intense endurance stuff they got a lot of demons you don't know about and when they're done they have to they have to own up to that stuff that's 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 another thing yeah Yeah, that's a huge part of it huh yep and i think that's what a lot of fighters have you know there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why people seek out a fight you know it's true that's a really good point though yeah but it's a big part of that is just being able to control and focus that right a huge part of it is being able to control and focus that so i did it backwards um I didn't know who I was. I didn't know why I did anything. Um, yeah, I had, like, I'm 100%, like, trauma survivor. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, I know there's people who have had it rough, but I've had it, you know, I've had it pretty difficult where um, I've been fighting my entire life. Yeah. And it's not, it's weird. Like, that's why people go, like, oh, why don't you continue to fight? Like, I'm just always, like, you're always fighting. I'm always you know you're in fight or flight I'm always in fight mode so it's like or flight either one so if just having a normal conversation with someone it's like whatever's inside of me just gets real tense and tight and mm-hmm. it's like I just don't like it because of you know the things that have happened to me um but you know I'm starting to make sense of it all you know I I do the proper due diligence that I need to um that's why I haven't been as consistent as I should have with fighting. Um, so it's kind of like a whole new resurgence, you know, it's like, I used to always worry about the finish line too, like where I should be right. rather than right now. Um, where do you think that clarity came from? Like, um, 
maybe I think that clarity came from just like, you know, listening to, you know, podcasts, you know, reading some books, um, you know, talking to some some mentors, you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature. But it took work, though. Yeah. You know, even like guys like George Masvidal, like someone who or other people who have been in the sport for a really long time and like Dustin Poirier, yeah. like you lose and you climb the ladder, you lose again, climb the ladder, That's lose true. again. That's what a fighter is. Like, I don't know if you heard, um, what the heck is his name? Why am I drawing a blank? Teddy Atlas. We talked oh, about Teddy, Mike yeah. Tyson. Oh, Did you yeah. hear that? Yeah. Basically he wasn't a good fighter because he wasn't ever challenged. Right. Is that? Yeah. Talking about? yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was bullshit. But yeah. I agree to I know what he's trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I know do. what he's trying to say. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love it too because yeah. it's a really good point. It's a yeah. very good point. And yeah, when you put it in present day terms, I hate to say this, but I, I followed Conor McGregor when he only had 15, 1,500 followers on Instagram, wow. you know? And then to watch him get up to 15,000, I wish I would have just taken screenshots because I knew he was going to be what he is, you know? Yeah. But <clears throat> the problem with Conor is that when he hit that diversity, when he took those losses, I, I like I, he, I like the way he handled the Nate loss. But when uh, the Khabib loss, like he part of the challenge of being a fighter is coming back through adversity mm-hmm. and um, overcoming that and beating someone that's better than you technically, and then training and becoming better than and beating and persevering, right? And I think as soon as Conor McGregor hit that, he just he kind of fell apart. And mm-hmm. I I know everything leading up to him and all the money and all that stuff, but. That's not my, that let me down because why I fell in love with him in the beginning is because his um, his history, his past, his triumphs kind of went against how he is now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, that none of that matters. I have enough willpower. I'm going to work hard enough. I'm going to overcome and persevere. And that's what a fighter is. They constantly overcome. They, con- they don't just do it once and they're on the top and that's it. They're constantly doing it. You know, yeah. even Muhammad Ali, he took some losses, but look what those losses turned him into mm-hmm. the greatest. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> I, f- I feel you when you say that, man, that's a yeah. really big deal. You have to have those ups and downs. But there's the other part where those ups and downs become a constant grind. Yeah. And that's when it, that's when the other things start to settle in and depression and mm-hmm. you pick up bad substances and, and crap like that. You know, yeah. it's not easy. No, some like some point you're. You're almost like fighting against yourself. It is, yeah. Um, and that's funny that it comes back around because you mentioned yeah. that one of the first things we talked about today was ego. Yeah. And that's all yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's different yeah. type of egos because Tom, I've heard a lot of people talk about you and I've never heard them say ego like he has an ego. But talking to you, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's a different type of ego. And you yeah. were kind of explaining that to me. And, and it's important. Yeah, it's uh, important to know that difference, you know. So ego is good. Yeah, you know, it mm. keeps you alive. You yeah, know, survive. Um, but yeah, competitiveness. I'm, I am super competitive. Mm. Um, that's why I quit video games <laughs> because. <laughs> so funny. I don't know. Um, I had my little cousin. He was about maybe six, seven years old, and I would whip him like all the time. It was awesome. We had Halo 2, his older brother. Um, his brother was way better than I was, but, you know, I was hanging in there. And we would just whip his ass all the time. And he got to the point where he would just stay up all night long, figure the game out. And then I remember one day, just, like, headshot. Like, all the, I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, beginner's luck, whatever. Then he's like, 
He's like quick scoping me with a sniper, and I'm like, "What is going, going on, on yeah. dude?" And that's when I put the sticks down. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "Nope, I'll be that old guy that just like I like story mode. Yeah, I'm gonna play story mode. It's true, no, it's so true. <laughs> These kids are on another level with oh, this stuff, dude. man. Their reflexes and everything. Well, my first savages. Fight, my first fight was over a video game. It was my turn to play the game. And he took the, the controller from, away from me. And um, I like, we were f- pulling the controller back and forth. And I like threw it. I threw it at the TV or something. And I walked away and he picked me up and he threw me out the house and locked me out. And it was winter, it was cold as hell. Uh, and I'm like banging on the door. And he opens up the door and I was so mad. I didn't know what to do. So I just grab him by the shirt. I pull him outside and I throw him up against the wall and I'm just holding him on the wall. And he just punches me right square in the nose. Um, shout out to my cousin, Christian. I love you, bro. But yeah, he whipped my ass a lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, makes it tough, I guess. You know what? It's And it's, it's kind of sad when you look at our society because... The whole idea of being tough anymore it's not it's not what it used to be yeah. you know like you, you you can't get into a fight anymore at school um meet me at the flag post or whatever yeah. fight it out and just move on and yeah. i think that's i think it kind of sucks yeah. you know because there was something to be said about that and you always after you fight someone it's kind of interesting and, and tell me if you agree but going into it you get whatever reason you are to fight that person, you fight, and your your whole intention is to hurt that person enough for them to quit, right? Mm-hmm. But after you fight that person, you beat them down, you win, or even if you lose, if you, if you if you win, you still have a whole new like level of respect for that person. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's when I watch UFC and I watch any of these um, these competitive um, sports, combat sports. The best part is at the end when the fight's over and they're 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 hugging or they're they're giving each other the words of confidence that they mm-hmm. do and it's just total respect. That's yeah. what I love about the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that. I like that too because you know with what was said, they may have meant it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's part of them like yeah they're building up a fight, but they also do believe somewhat of what they're saying about another person. Mm-hmm. And then they get in that fight, they leave it all on the line. And I forgot what what this guy said to me. He said, he talked about like where you are is who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So nothing in the past, nothing in the future. It's right now. So this guy was a bartender. He's like, these drunks come in. He's like, they complain about this person, that person. Like, look at where you are. Like, you're this drunk sitting here, you know? And like, look at Conor McGregor. No matter what he said, we all loved what he said. Yeah. All helped us you know, figure ourselves out and, you know, train to be better. And, um, you know, I used to talk about, you know, his girlfriend and all the, that's why like my girlfriend likes him because she's like, Oh, look at how famous he is. And he just sticks to this one girl. Well, that's not the case anymore. You know what I mean? So like the money, the power that overtook him, you know, so So, true. That's a really good point. It corrupted him. Now he's acting out. Yeah. He's wild. It's true. It's true. And those are the demons you were kind of talking about. And they just came from a different angle. Yeah. You know what I mean? They really did come from a different angle and sneak up to them. So just giving advice and, you know, upcoming fighters that are aspiring to be pro, a big part of that is their way to, if if they can't figure out how to control those demons, Mm -hmm. then they won't make it. So what's some advice that you would give to them on how to, on how to do that? Not saying that 
you specialize yeah, in it, but so, just based on your experience. Right? Yeah, there's many different um, there's many different levels to that as well. Like yeah. you know, many different layers because there's some that use that and they make it to the highest level, right? Mm-hmm. But they identified so much as that fighter. Like you see these guys, you know, having um, shootouts at their house. Like cops are surrounded by their That's house. Real, yeah. They're locked. They lock themselves mm-hmm. in the house. Um, Evan Tanner um, fills half of his gas tank up in his dirt bike to go kill himself. Drives out in the desert with no water. Like it's insane. They get to this point where they can't identify with who they are anymore mm-hmm. um, because they didn't face those demons. So they look. To f- they look for fighting for that, but like, um, you listen to or read any Sun Tzu? Yeah, oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. is it you know, um, know thy enemy, know thyself type yeah, stuff? That's then, true. Um, if you don't know thy enemy nor self, you succumb to whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so these true. people they don't know themselves, so they they end up perishing. You know, it's yeah. like you identify so much as. Uh, fighting so what i love about you know martial arts i read a lot of musashi like he's like also be a poet also be an artist you're not just a warrior you know what i mean so you want these other things like creatively that's me you know creatively that's you yeah you know um i see all these great do you draw these no i didn't um, i commissioned someone to do those drawings they're great though aren't they yes yeah i wish i could draw like that yeah and cable yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah so um yeah that's i think you know be consistent show up be open-minded be a sponge what you know isn't really what you know um that will affect your learning capacity your ability to learn to take criticism from from others um do a lot of your own training on your own like do i did a lot of road work at night a lot of um bag work at night um just kind of tapping into you know who i am um then work with other people like put in that extra work also do other hobbies like and don't take it so seriously yeah, either. You know mind. what I mean? That's don't big. burn yourself out. A lot of people do that. They yeah. aren't out from it because well, they feel like yeah. there's a time. There's a time frame. If they don't beat, beat the world by the time they're 36 or whatever, they'll never beat it. Things like that, you know? Yeah, just just fight. I'm at that point where I just want to fight. Yeah. If it's in Bellator, if it's in CES, if it's in one whatever show, I don't fight, care. Yeah. Like I got a friend of mine. All he wants to do is fight in Bellator because that's all he's been fighting in. And he's like, yeah, other things wouldn't do it for me. And it's just like, okay, you fought for the wrong reasons. We all know that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like Nate Diaz, he said, he's like, I'm never going to retire. He's like, I'm always going to keep fighting. Like some of us, we grow up fighting. That's all we know. Um, You know, just don't identify as a fighter. No, that's a good point. That's That's a a really, that's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. So any, um, don't identify as a fighter. And there's a lot of people that walk around um, doing that. And that's, they feel like they have to be somebody else. You know, they got to be mean all the time. Or yeah. they got to have this persona or this, yeah. this chip on. That's kind of why I like Nate and Nick. Yeah. You know, they are 100% fighters. Mm-hmm. You just look at their lifestyle. But they don't walk around with a chip around their shoulder. They don't mm-hmm. walk around like wanting to fight everybody or be. They're like, they're savvy as hell when it comes to business for yeah. one. And uh, just the way that they give back to the community with their um, 
that they they do a lot of seminars and they work with kids and I mean they're just all around like it's someone that you'd want to say okay he's our champion you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah and it's like he said it's, and that goes to what you're saying he's that they're not they're just not wearing the one hat it's like I'm a fighter and this is all I I am like yeah they're they're, they're people man they're individuals and there there's other things that they do like triathlons yeah they're they're animals man yeah they're animals so um getting back to uh. So your fight in Thailand, how did that, did you end up having that fight at the end of the uh, the two months? Yeah, I had it. Yeah, yeah I had it. So, there, was, there was a couple of guys um, that I thought were going to fight. He's a very phenomenal, talented fighter, just mm-hmm. went a completely different direction. He's a good friend of mine. Um, I'm like, he's definitely going to get a fight. And yeah. He's like, like, not quite sure, mate. Not oh, really? Sure. That's cool. Yeah, but um, he was just there to have a good time, but like, I'm going to fight. So I fight in... Patong Stadium. Uh, I win that fight. Just honest to God, everything I've everything I worked over there never sparred once. I was always afraid of sparring. Wow. The only time I sparred, I had alcohol poisoning for like three days. And I I thought I was dying. I didn't know what was going on. I was puking all day, every day, couldn't look at the sun couldn't get out of my room oh man third day my buddy was having like a smoker mma fight and he's not really a fighter either he's like he's like get up you sack of shit he's like you're we're we're sparring right now i'm like what he's like get out come on get your shit on we're going in the ring because he had a fight so and he literally he picked me because he thought it would have been a good spar for him right so i'm like okay so we get in the ring and i'm like about to blow chunks already as it is right and he's He's like, you ready? I'm like, all right, let's go. Because my my first trainer was there, the guy who owned the uh, beginner class. So he yeah. was kind of watching. And he comes at me. And, dude, I drop him three different occasions, like, to the canvas. And Man. just I just, like, destroyed him. And as soon as it was over, he was delirious. He was all messed up. I dropped him with, like, a liver shot, like, a hook to the head. Like, I love the straight left cross. Um, and then I went over the bushes and puked. Oh like, my gosh. That's kind of sick though. That's well, yeah. for you. It is. Well, you know, what's awesome. Hangover two came out during that time. I was in Thailand. I was ready to party. <laughs> I was going, no, I don't of party, course, but yeah. I'm like, I, we all went and saw hangover two. Yeah. That must've been crazy. It was awesome. And then we went, we went to a ping pong show after like we saw yeah. some crazy, I seen, some girl get a, a snap, like a little turtle stuck in her. Oh, my God. She was scared. Don't get this. This is like some out of a movie. Um, we come in an alleyway and they're like, you come see Ping Pong Show. <laughs> and they're pulling us in, right? And they're like, show's about to start. Show's about to start. So we get in there. And we're like, bros. We're like, look at the front row. No one's sitting in the front row. <laughs> right? So we're like, we go up to the front row. We're looking around. There's like the whole place is packed. And I'm th- the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, why is the front row empty? Like, okay, this is weird, but fuck it, right? So the girls, they come. They're dancing on the table. She sits down. She puts the ping pong, and there's a glass of water sitting there. And it's directly in front of me. She shoots this ping pong ball, lands in the water. The water lands on my mouth. I'm like, this is why no one took <laughs> the front row. That's hilarious. I know, dude. They must do that with every American. <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, these poor girls. I'm 19, right? I should be like a, yeah. young, a horny kid. Yeah. I'm just like, you feel sorry for Oh, them. no. That, 
<laughs> this dove, this dove flew out of her, landed on the the bouncer's shoulder. Oh my god! And their whole little. Some, I'm ty- I've seen some. I've been to Thailand too. Yeah. There's some interesting things there, man. There's What'd somewhere. you do there? Um, so I went, when I worked for that turbine company, I was oh. doing sales there. But okay. at the end of the night, you would go out and you would see some very, very interesting. Where'd things. you go? Um, Thailand. I went to Thailand. Where in Bangkok. Thailand? Bangkok. Oh, Bangkok. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was the Thai Cowboys that main strip there. Never been in Bangkok. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. They got a lot of boy girls walking around. Yeah. They come out at night with the Americans walking. <laughs> it's, it's, it gets interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It was it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of business there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the business. Oh yeah. So I wanted to ask you. Yeah. About comedy. Oh, okay. Talk to me. You went to the. The Comedy Works, is that what it's called? Yeah, Comedy Works in Saratoga. It's yeah. where the old um, uh, Newberry used to be. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been doing comedy now for about two years. Okay. Uh, it's the stand-up portion of it. I love it, man. You love it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I got to come watch you. Yeah. You do a lot of open night, like, gigs and stuff? No, I'm, I haven't really gotten to the circuit of um, doing, like, a lot of showcases yet. I've yeah. actually turned down a few spots, only because I haven't had the time to dedicate as much as I want to, my, okay. to really developing my act. Okay. Um, but that's changing. I just, actually, last night uh, with Khadija, I took uh, my first acting class, which I believe is going to help me get into some of the characters I want to get into for some of my stand-up. Where did you do this? This was at Sage. It was at Sage College. That's with um, Ekabelli. I think Laura Eccabelli, yeah. she's redhead. Yeah. I took her class. Are you kidding me? I went, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, crazy. Laura, if you're listening to this, I got some of your books. I'll return them. <laughs> yeah, that's her. Cause yeah. you gave me a book too. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, she's awesome. She dude. really is. She's yeah, super she talented. Yeah, she got me into like Anton Chekhov and, you know, um, look really diving deep because you know acting is like a thing i i would love to do someday yeah you have to look for it for sure so what made you take the class um i wanted to start acting i did some uh stunt double stuff on the eric andre show when i was out in cali that's really yeah and i'm like you know i could do something you know every day you know like when i was in la Mm -hmm. people run up to me and like eric decker sign my jersey (laughs) i'm not eric decker right or um, I would just, people say, you have the look, are you, are you a star? Like I had this guy, uh, he worked for FedEx where I met Sherman. Yeah. A friend of yours. Yeah. Sherman's, um, yeah. Shout out to Sherman. Yeah. He was so, on the podcast. There was a guy, he was an actual model for like Calvin Klein, Versace, Prada, and back in like the eighties. And he brought this massive portfolio to work. Like this oh, thing was God. just unreal. This book was huge, laminated. It was him in like leather. He's on this motorcycle. He was going around a track on this motorcycle. Oh and, you know, this is just bulky and awkward. He brings it to FedEx just to show me. And he's like, Tom, he's like, what are you still doing here? Oh, that's he's like, cool, leave huh? FedEx right now. And I'm like, I want to be a fighter. <laughs> he's like, no, this is you. You need to do this. And I'm like, I'm a little pudgy. <laughs> he's like, just eat avocados. Take steroids. And he was like a great looking guy. Shout yeah. out to Marcelo. He's That's a great dope. guy. That's dope. Yeah, he, he taught me like, because I always would wear one kind of cologne. Mm-hmm. I'm like, That's my smell. <laughs> like, That's my smell. I don't want anyone to have the smell. He's like, dude, he's like, you wear it with the different seasons. You have to have all types of cologne. There's one for summer and winter. I'm like, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I know. He's like, cologne games on yeah, a different level. It's on point. <laughs> I know. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So um, you took it. It's an eight-week course. Did you Laura's? Take yeah, Laura's. I didn't finish. You didn't dude. finish no, I didn't finish. Yeah. Um, I think hers. Yeah, it might have been eight weeks. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back. It's phenomenal. The first yeah. class, so they had the smelling apples when I got in there. I'm like, all right, this isn't gonna work. Yeah. And then she was talking about how that leverages you into the the character that you're you're gonna be playing, and how that having a certain object that can pull you into a scene. Yeah. Or a character prop that can help yeah. you um, dive deeper into it. Was so there is there stuff. like a big Jack dark skin kid there? Not anymore. Not anymore. Do yeah. you know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dude, this kid, Timberland boots, big chain wife beater like khaki pants like just yoked right and he was playing uh i think he did Macbeth. oh really but like he ne- he couldn't break from that character when he would do other like other things like even if it was like comedy i think he did the rhinoceros oh i can't believe you know these things this is hilarious yeah, this yeah is dude so funny. yeah i went to um savannah college of art and design uh, okay this past um like past winter and i got hit by a car and I got, I was on a, on a moped. I was going like 40 miles an hour. This guy runs an intersection. We hit head on. I go flying off the moped, flipping oh in the God. air. And, uh, I remember I hit my head and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like I'm by myself. There's no jujitsu. Like I got nothing here. I'm just like, yeah. I got to take these bullshit classes just so I can slowly transition into acting in the, the oh, film I that I went to Savannah because in Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia, Oh yeah, they, they do a lot of film in there because they have a lot of tax cuts, a lot of tax breaks. Yeah. And there's great, you know, great places to shoot film. And that's why I went down there because, you know, they act as your agent. The right. school does. Okay. And, you know, I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get like a black magic camera. I'm going to shoot my own content. Like, I'm oh, going to do cool. my own thing. Um, I'm planning on living in a van, converting a van like as soon as possible. If you know anyone who's got a sweet deal on a Ram Pro Master... Or a transit, that's, let that's me know. Because right, um, <laughs> I'm top, like the next month or so, like I'm converting this. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna live in a van. I'm gonna go to different film locations. I'm gonna try to be an extra. I'm just gonna shut, you know, do what you got to show do. my face. Maybe a hundred bucks for the day. That's a lot of money when you're living on the road. It is, it is. Um, you know, make my own, film my own content. And on top of that, like van life people. There's no one doing jujitsu. There's no one in the combat world. Like, there's my ticket. <laughs> you just figured it out on the podcast. I'm just saying, like, the toughest van lifer on yeah, the road. Yeah, the flat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is so, insane. That is yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. So, um, how long did you live in, in, in Georgia? Um, about, like, four months or so. you kind of been all over the place because you also lived in California. Yeah, two too. years. Oh, wow. That's where I got the idea to live in a van. From Queen Cali? Yep. Wasn't YouTube. I was like, look, so I never, I never had much money. I don't Mm -hmm. make much money. Maybe one day I'll have enough money. I'll be able to live in right above the ocean in Los Angeles. I don't know. So I'm like, well, how else can I get the same view without all that money? You know, and I see these people. There's people that they come and catch the surf, right? The uh, They follow the break. So all these people park these sweet RVs, these vans yeah. all along the shore. And I would also see people outside of the Whole Foods in Venice with like rundown, like all these like hippie guys like living in these vans. And I'm just like, 
that's it. That's it. I'm like, I don't care. I'm the type of person I'll live on a tie pad in the gym somewhere. But unfortunately, yeah. and fortunately, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> we have a we have a cute dog. Like that's what society wants you to do. So that's what you're doing. I have a glorified storage unit that holds my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. You know? Well, that's how you look at life, right? That's how I, mean, I look at it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, getting outside of yourself, getting in nature, yeah. get back, you know, grind um grounding you know what grounding is like getting out there first day first thing in the morning put your feet out in the in the grass oh really That's just thing get all those um i think it's antioxidants or whatever the the negative charge that you get from the earth mm-hmm. is actually an anti-inflammatory oh, so really? it decreases inflammation in the body i didn't know that and i significant i got significantly better like when i would be more in touch with the universe <laughs> You messed with me right now. <laughs> I swear. Yes. Dude, I'm telling you also, um, if you ever look at your toes, now, I like, you got nice shoes on. <laughs> we you. know this. But your feet, are, your toes are getting pinched together. Yeah. So, I got, I got you know, minimalist, like, barefoot shoes, where wide toe box, where I can open my toes now. Yeah. And now, I'm like, I can just open them, like, another weapon. Like, my toes are just open and wide, and, like, they don't feel as crampy anymore, and... You know, it's a whole thing. And you go and you you put your feet in the grass and you get all that, especially after it rains. Like right when the rain stops, it's kind of chilling out. This is the best time. Really? Yep. Huh. That's from functional patterns. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. So tell yeah. me more about this functional. Okay. Khadija told me that you actually look taller yeah. after these just doing these functional pattern things. Yeah. It's well, actually changed you physically. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. So actually, I've been like just hardcore into jujitsu. Um, I let everything, that's another thing I do when I'm like, so into something, everything else slides in my yeah. life in a way, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like, hyper-focused know, on I'm just so thing. focused on getting better. And, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Jujitsu messes up your posture. Um, it makes you really kyphotic. You know, you're sitting down and butterfly. What did you say? So kyphosis or kyphosis or kyphotic is what happens like right now. Um, my chest is sitting over my rib cage, right? I'm kind of mm-hmm. crunched. Yeah. So your rib cage goes backwards and it makes that hump in your back. Right. Yep. Right. So you see a lot of people, it's literally their rib cage gets shifted backwards and you'll see the, uh, the rounding of the upper back. That's a very true thing. Yep. Most likely it'll cause your middle of your back to have a severe curvature mm-hmm. that could lead to some type of lower doses. So your lower dose is like, you ever see girls that got no butt? Mm-hmm. But they want you to think they got a butt. <laughs> oh, so yeah. they stick that shit out. Oh, yeah. That's called a hyper lower dosis. Okay. <laughs> that's called the dysfunction, my friend. <laughs> so that's another thing. We're a copycat society. So we end up like young children that are in wrestling, for instance. They want to walk like their their favorite player, their favorite athlete. So they, they change their posture. And they'll start. I've done it too. Yeah, I've done it in football. Like, yeah. there's people. I'm like, someone who's got swag. Like, I want to like kind imitate of walk. That. I can imitate them. Yeah, right. So it's you do that point. in acting. That's a great. That's a great thing to have. You yeah. know, if you can imitate it that well. It's um, very. That's what like Denzel in training. Yeah, like, I want to walk like him. Yeah, no, you're right though. But imitations, man. I'm telling you, that's that's yeah. what they are. Impressions. Yeah, impressions. It's the same yeah. thing as uh, as that imitation. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh no. So these are like you know specific you know, imbalances, things that you pay attention to when, you know, you're, 
Um, like for me, I'm also now I some like I work with Deja, for instance, right? So there's a couple things I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I pay attention to her hips. You know, her rib cage is pretty decent. Um, don't I want her to self decompress herself? So mm-hmm. like, we we want to use our own muscles to decompress our spine, right? Mm-hmm. If you get on a table, you get a chiropractor. Your muscles are just going to pull you back into that pain, whatever it was that you were doing. So you need. So what happens is the majority of the time, when we're lifting weights in like in a arbitrary way, we're actually kind of our muscles are kind of being pulled down towards the floor. Which gravity? If you believe in gravity, I always have to ask that because Eddie got on me one day. Um, he's like, the air is more dense. It's just more dense. I'm like, okay. Um, Okay. So gravity's also pushing down on right. you, right? With you pulling, you want to be able to, you want to pull your muscles up, right? Um, so with Deja, you teaching her proper, you know, mechanics with her TVA, your transverse abdominis. Um, it's like a belt that goes completely around. It's like almost like where your belly button is, where that okay. line is yep. on your stomach there. Mm-hmm. It goes completely around. And when you eat any types of grains or rice or anything like that, it inflames your gut. Not everybody, maybe, I know it does to me because I can't activate my TBA, which kind of like sticks to you and it protects your core and your lower back. And then I'll have her breathe into her diaphragm, fill up her chest, fill up her lungs, and you'll, your spine will just start, like all the tension will come off of it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so... You get used to breathing that way, breathing properly, just like, you know, Hickson was showing us at a seminar. Oh, yeah. yeah breathing that. like that, using your stomach, but breathing in this upper part of your diaphragm yep. here and really expanding your rib cage. So I made this correlation. A friend of mine tore his ACL. He always was tearing his ACL with no one around him. Like he would just do a little juke moves, boom. Now what happened? He lacks rotation in his trunk. He's very stricted and i knew i know this by the way he sprints the way he sprints he's he he brings his arms out really too far to the side because that lacks he has a lack of mobility in his rib cage and we are counter rotators as species mm-hmm. so we need to be able to rotate think your rib cage as your wings like your lats things like that a lot of people don't have developed lats we think we do by how many pull-ups we can do but it's not the case how many lat pull downs doesn't mean you have lats like there's your lats should be able to like pull up your you know your shoulders your scapula um your your lats are a lot of things like three-dimensional type thing your lats are more than just what you're doing yeah um you know sagittal plane type stuff so um you know everything squatting's important you know um in a different sense all we lift in functional patterns everything is like everything else but we just do it differently yeah you know right, we right. do it with a purpose mm-hmm. um and you'll feel it once like you know you have ground tension that's the first thing gripping the floor with your feet oh, you know wow. you know making sure you're in line standing neutral position i could i could show you that someday what the standing neutral is um and that's what i would have these do so you, so think of the standing neutral and now do that while with movement, you know? So, you know, I was starting to help her with her, uh, she had flat feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she still does it, but yeah. she's still doing this stuff. Oh, she was telling me yeah. she still does some of it. And actually she's seen some improvements. In yeah. The so, areas, so definitely 
if we're talking about you know training if you're talking to an athlete and he you know he's got this strict protocol and he does this and he doesn't cut corners well you are cutting corners you're just like you're just not realizing it you're not aware of it or you kind of are and you're just not really focused on it like when you lift and you have a personal trainer there i i kind of it's it's a strict i could get a like tons of arguments with people over this, but it's like a moral thing. Like, you know, is it, is the money worth it, you know, or having some old lady doing kettlebell swings, you know, with terrible form, uh, you know what I mean? Or way the body should be like, she's kyphotic. So you're going to have her do all these type of workouts with that. Like, let's fix this first and do what the body's naturally supposed to do biomechanically. That's mm-hmm. what FP is. They, they base a lot off of, biomechanics and that's what it is yeah it's um so it's just what biologically how we were supposed to move and we want to be pain-free you know we both do jujitsu so we're just racking up more pain points than that so why not fix posture yeah um how much does it help your game do you said that you roll completely different you're a different beast now because you have more flexibility or whatever so that's another thing flexibility right i don't um, there's a, so in yoga or stretching, we get to this point where like, I always say this, oh, my hamstrings are tight. So I'm going to touch, uh, if I can get my palms to the floor, that's an improvement. Okay. My hamstrings are still tight. So now I'm going to put some blocks on the floor. So it elevates me much more and I'm going to try to get my hands to the floor even deeper. Mm-hmm. Right. But my hamstrings are still tight now. So I can get all the way to the floor, but why are they tight? It's because you have an adhesion in your hamstring. You need to take myofascial release more seriously than you do stretching. Because with stretching, you're sending one signal to the brain, and it's literally telling you to just shut all muscle tension off in that specific area you're stretching, right? There's a lot of yogis that come to functional patterns with messed up labrums in their shoulders and their hips right so and now yoga is supposed to be this old historical thing but it's really not that old it's like 200 years old that's old to us but um why are they incorporating strength training in yoga now like you know the system's flawed in my opinion um i do like you know the meditative side of it and you know other things that come from there are good positions in yoga it's just like you know it's not what I just feel like it all should be supplemented in a way, mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't be the end all be all, but like, same thing. Like if I do, um, serious myofascial release, like I was telling you, releasing like knots and oh, certain yeah. areas yep. that have a lot of tension. So I went and rolled now, boom, I got some issue in you know, my scapula now because I did all this releasing and now that tension has to go somewhere because my body isn't moving the correct way that it should. Right. Right. So from all the things that you might have done, like say you fell out of a tree when you were a kid, right? And you got injured. Now your body's gonna start adapting and imbalancing itself. Like yeah, to compensate and overcompensate. To compensate. Right? And we need to take that more seriously, you know? And oh, wow. um how did you come how did you come across this? I came across this years and years ago. Jeremy Stevens um, came out with a YouTube vlog, 
like a long, long time ago. And he had some training with this guy, Nadia Aguilar, functional patterns. I looked it up. I'm like, what the heck is this stuff? You know? And mm-hmm. it's it's so cool because people don't give MMA fighters credit. Like they they're really like on the brink when it comes to like new things. That's that's the thing that's <laughs> amazing. Like some people people yeah. are probably listening, just like, why are we talking about this? Is because it all ties in to cutting edge things. Like what's the next yeah. thing? You know yeah. what I mean? Like at some point people before yoga came here and now they have uh what is it like goat yoga or whatever the crap it oh, is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this stuff that you're talking about, um the fun the functional patterns, that's the next iteration of it. Yeah. I remember they were talking to uh one of the middleweights in the UFC and he was saying his advantage is now he's got he's getting his when he goes to sleep, he basically sleeps in a chamber that reads all of his muscles and it gives a readout of what muscles are tired, are tired, more tired than the other muscles. So that when he Whoa. wakes up the next day, he knows what he should be training. So he gets maximum recovery. Like you said, that's cutting edge stuff, yeah. maximum performance. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're in that when you're in that ring or you're in that cage, you you want whatever type of additional benefit or secret or you want to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like uh, Matt always calls it, it's high level problem solving, you know, jujitsu, but the same thing with combat where you're fighting Mm -hmm. super, super high level and you, whatever advantage or whatever, um, without cheating, of course, um, you want to maximize it. And if this is going to make you, if this is going to make sure that you're a little bit more aligned and you're a little bit more fluid and prevent injuries, which is a fighter's worst nightmare, Mm -hmm. then definitely you should definitely be doing it. And it's good to see. I mean, you spoke super intelligently about this information but that's the thing that fighters they just don't get the respect that they deserve you know because you're looking at it from so many different angles it's not a matter of just getting in that ring and punching somebody in their face and hoping that they pass out or submit there's a lot that goes into it man like when you came here the first thing I see in your, uh, your hand is a big jug of water. Yeah. Like, this thing, like, <laughs> like a jug, literally yeah. a jug. You just walk <laughs> with it, like. <laughs> I take it everywhere. Everywhere. You can tell by the way you were carrying it. You know yeah. what I mean? But you know that if you don't drink that and you go on and you do some of this training, you're going to cramp up. You're going to yeah. get an injury. Yeah. It's it's a way of thinking, you know? Yeah. Like, the first thing you said when you sat down is, and you're not training, things start to slip up. Yeah. And it's true. Like, if you're not training, even, how much different do you feel with, with when you're hydrated versus dehydrated, you're a completely different person. Yeah. So you wake up as a martial artist, you know, water is not even a question. You know, we have to do that. Then your diet's got to be on point because you yeah. can't roll or move or have the energy or the gas tank yeah. if those things aren't lined up. So everything just lines up behind it. You know what I mean? It's it's amazing to see. Yeah. It's amazing to see. And it's amazing to see how people use like jujitsu or any type of martial arts or like a, a, a vehicle for personal improvement, you know? And I never made the connection when I first came, like you said, people come to the mats and train or get into the ring because of all the different demons or whatever they have going on in their life. When I first came to, uh, to jujitsu, I had a lot of different things that I was dealing with. And when I, as soon as I brought jujitsu into the, the mix and the discipline that came behind it, I was able to, to really be able to, break sit those situations down in my head and face them head on and overcome them. And I feel like if I didn't have jujitsu and the people and the relationships that you talked about mm-hmm. too, then I wouldn't be able to overcome those things, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, martial arts is, is, is phenomenal. And, um, 
like I said, man, I was impressive to just listen to you talk about that functional pattern. I didn't. I think I'm always on the top of cutting edge. I've never even heard of that until yeah. Khadijah brought it up and, and talked yeah. about some of the benefits she's received. Yeah, watch. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Um, like a Kyle Dake mm-hmm. video will get you into it. That's his. So his personal trainer was my personal trainer. Okay. I stopped going for a while because, you know, every Tuesday I would um, drive three hours down. Yeah. Train there three hours back. Right. And, um, yeah, Pop, F, shout out to FP Pablo. Pablo's a great guy. He's yeah. like, uh, now he's, he's a, uh, he's an interesting guy, Pablo. Right. Um, his background alone, um, he wants to shoot a documentary at some point. He's, That's cool. he's just, he's an amazing person. Yeah. Too. You know, very, very giving. And, um, you know, they got, they got other things that it's not just, personal training it's not just functional training it's about how you carry yourself it's about how you think it's about um you know like they always recommend like you know different books like you know not self-help books because you know you know that's you've heard rogan talk about how that whole system's like flawed which is is funny um you know the tyranny of words the semantics of words and how we use our words and why we use certain words and um or like Right now, I'm reading um, The Art of Speed Reading People. Oh, okay. That's a great book. The Art um, of Speed Reading People. Yep. Yeah. So, it teaches you a lot about yourself. And, like, you know how people say, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Well, there's different levels. There's different, you know, points of how much introvert you are, how much extrovert you are. So, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of shows you where you line up. And that kind of helps with if you're trying to close a deal. You know, you, you really get that sense of a person right when you meet them. That's true. Um, so that helps. Point. So, yeah, they give a lot of lot of great recommendations. And, like, they don't throw words around loosely. You know, it's like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, lifting weights. When I started lifting weights, it wasn't it wasn't like an arbitrary thing, mm-hmm. you know, for aesthetics. But we want aesthetics, you know, so does that no. be because... When you have, when your posture is on point, you look like a fucking god. It does. It's you true. Look crazy. You look so. You, you do. It's weird. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a really. You really look like a Greek statue. Yeah. And that's the one. A lot of the things, like, you know, even though it is a statue, an artist is making it, but a lot of people lack those uh, oblique muscles um, that that really pop out and stick out that they have shown in those those statues. Those yeah. And most people don't have that like shown like they're not really like uh formed they're kind of hidden back there that anterior serratus is like that's the puncher's muscle mm-hmm. um that's like right by by on right on the rib cage it looks like a little saw um that gives you a lot of power and strength you know, you know? and you've really just been developing doing exercise to kind of isolate that area the whole entire body because yeah. we have these these fascia lines that run um together you yeah. got your spiral lines your your back line, your front line, your arm lines. And it kind of teaches you a little bit about, you know, especially when you have injuries, right? Right now, my shoulder is really acting up, but also my trap is really aching. So like, this is all incorporated. And it's like when you're fascia, so say like you're looking at my t-shirt right here, right? Mm-hmm. And you have an adhesion or you have some type of, um, you know, clog of like the fascia tissue itself so the fascia is like a web 
right? That goes around the top of our muscles. So we literally look like Spider-Man underneath our skin. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. So we're all Spider-Man people. So (laughs) if I pull my shirt right over my shoulder, my fascia is being restricted, right? So now look at my shoulder. Yeah, you can't move. Right, I can't move it as much, right? But if I'm lifting weights or I'm grappling or something, eventually something in my trap or my shoulder is going to get injured because I'm not doing any type of releases. Now, this could be pulling from this opposite side or whatever. It's I'm not using my body properly. And that's why I have all these different issues. You know, same thing with jujitsu. Or there is no proper way to sit in a chair. The way you're sitting in a chair is perfectly fine. It's not your chair. It's not you need to be sitting on a BOSU ball or a a core ball or whatever. There's Mm -hmm. no proper way to sit on a ball. It's the fact that you associate too much with sitting, right? If you sit all day and you come home and you work out and then you come and sit again, okay, that's perfectly fine. But are you doing, are you releasing your tissues to stay out of that, you know, seated posture? Oh, okay. That's what happens. So the standing desk, no bueno, right? So we see all these people, we see all these different, like, you know, yeah. $5,000 desk that they're oh, buying. Yeah. That's not what it is, man. It's not what it is at all. You just, you don't, especially if you're stressed, right? If you get some bad news on the phone, you're sitting down, your, your fascia gets tense. Everything gets tense, right? Yeah. And you're going to be real restricted for that day, right? You got to train out of it. You got to get on a lacrosse ball, you know, get some weights or whatever it might be whatever you gotta do pvc pipe like some conduit pipe to um get really deep into your your tissues right um so the stuff seems very super important to you it's because being a professional fighter you realize even more so than any of the value of it yeah yeah and it's kind of elevated or changed your game when you start implementing this or is it just overall lifestyle improvement this is an overall lifestyle lifestyle improvement improvement because like you know uh, fighting is going to be all done mm-hmm. and fighting is what's caused a lot of pain yeah. and injuries on my body. I yeah. mean, it's a tough, tough sports. Jiu-jitsu is yeah, the gentle art, but yeah. it's not the gentle art, Yeah, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and that's, but you know, a lot of, a lot of, so for instance, a lot of people were like, well, look at this person, look at that person, that person deadlifts a shit ton and he's, you know, in the NFL or whatever. Well, there are the exception, right? There are the one percenters. They say the people who are in the NFL are the luckiest people on the earth, right? Who knows if it's lucky? I'm not, I'm not saying that, but. But yeah, I get your point. Yeah. To even be in a position to be put in the NFL, you need to be born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's luck. It's to a certain degree of luck. I forgot what I was watching. Some documentary or some behind the scenes type thing. And they talked about, um, the other percent of these phenomenal insane freak athletes that don't make it Mm. because they end up right when they get signed to a team they get hurt in training camp Uh, and then they're cut and then they're never seen again that's a good right so you get to this level where they're now these guys don't ever get injured yeah you know or they do towards the end of the year the end of the year they finally something crazy happens they get a real injury you never see them again but they made it to the nfl they did it like there are people in MMA in the UFC that never have these issues, right? Like, or they have some minor things, you know, but it's nothing serious, right? Yeah. Aches and pains, but like some of it, some of it's, 
luck. That's know? true. No, so a lot of luck. it. And I don't want to take away from anyone's hard work, yeah. but I mean, for anybody that's, that's made it, everyone will say, anyone that's made it, you talk to them and they'll say, so it, there's luck involved in this, yeah. man. There is luck in it. And that doesn't take discredit anything. You have to be in the right place at the right time. And sometimes the only way that can happen is you're, you're lucky, man. Yeah. That's it. Some of the some of the breaks I had for college or some of the breaks I had for professional opportunities, it was literally just being in the right place with the right decision maker and, and that was it. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. It's 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 pretty dope, man. It's pretty dope. Where'd you go to college? Um RPI, Rensselaer oh, Polytech. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Tough school, man. One of the hardest things I ever did, but it was was definitely well worth it. Yeah, what'd you study? Management information systems. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't do any of that stuff now, but oh, okay. when I was learning it, it was dope. <laughs> but it, it opened the door for you. Oh, yeah, it opened yeah. up the door because it was a very difficult thing for me to learn. And I think that all college really is is just um, a testament to your ability to learn difficult things mm. and your ability to stay on task at completing a difficult thing. And I wanted to quit RPI. I wanted to just give up so many times, but I didn't and end up paying off because wow. the skill set you learn and just being able to deal with that type of pressure, yeah. it really changes you. So yeah, it's probably one of the hardest I've ever worked <laughs> my whole entire life. Man. I like what you said about, about sticking through it. Yeah. In college and like what you got from it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, man, it was tough, but like I said, I, I'm definitely glad that I, I did it. Mm-hmm. So here's a, here's a question that I, I like to ask fighters because something that i always struggle with and when i talk to other people that talk about fighting they struggle with it too so when you're in there and you hear that cage close and lock <laughs> does something change in you i don't hear that lock you don't hear you <laughs> what do you hear what are you thinking what do you hear when you're in there it's not the lock that pisses me off it's uh, the freaking ref oh really the ref goes are you ready and I'm like, do I say it? <laughs> and then there's like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. I just shake my head. And um, it's so funny. And there's like a delay. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, that's that's the start. Here we go. Right. And I'm just like feeling it out, you know, like. Nate was saying how, like, you could get seriously messed up. You get knocked out, and you break your leg on the way down. Like, that happens to people. Your leg gets caught under you, you get knocked out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tommy Marcelino, he broke his ankle from a fall. I'm pretty sure. He, I know it on video it looked like he got knocked out. He might have broke his ankle in the fight before that, but it mm-hmm. looked like he broke his ankle. But people do that, you know, and... um. So, you know, they, people take it serious. Yeah, you know? man. It, it is serious, you know, but it's like fighting. I don't know. It's serious to me, but it's also funny. It's I love it, and I also hate it. Yeah, I can tell. You, you really know? do have like a love-hate relationship. There's with so it. much that yeah. the, the mixed of emotions, right? Yeah. So, like, this guy's, like, making a mean face. He comes running to the, the cage. He's yelling. I find that funny. <laughs> Okay, I walk out the fights that I did do good in. I can't stop smiling on the way to the cage because my friends and my family are right there. And they're uh, like trying to they're trying to grab me and touch me. And and uh, they're like, let's go. 
let's go. And I'm just like smiling because I'm like, hey, all my buddies are here. <laughs> all my oh my are God, here. that's insane. I know. And then I'm like, then I look at the cage and I'm like, oh shit, I got business to take care of. <laughs> so I look up at the, at the cage and I'm like, oh, they're oh, killed you right now. And, um, what the heck was it? What movie was it from? But in Bellator, I'm walking out and I look at him and I'm like, oh, there's my bitch. <laughs> I was like, I forgot what movie it was, but he, I think he was like trying to kill someone or something. I forgot what movie it was like, there's my bitch. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so, but yeah, like you were talking about broken bones, stuff like that. My first pro fight, I break my hand. The oh. First minute, first round. This, oh my god and this kid is a warrior like after i won well spoiler alert <laughs> so i uh i i'm like so yeah so like i said all these things come in my head i'm like i'm gonna hit him 15 more times with this hand i i counted on video after i broke it how did you know it was broke i mean how did you know because it was, it was a feeling i never felt before it felt like you popped a balloon like in my hand, like like all the oh. air in my hand went, and I was like, "Oh, that was weird," and and then I remember Uriah Faber. He was like, "Yeah, your hand, it just feels like a rock. It just swells up like a cinder. You're like you don't even feel anything." And I'm like, "This thing is like dog shit. It's like jello, dude." Like, and um, I'm thinking of Faber because Faber, remember Faber broke broke both, both of, his of hands. his hands, man. And, yeah. Um, Throwing elbows and, and knees. Yeah. yeah, dude. And I didn't do any of that. I just hit him with a broken hand oh 15 times. But this kid was just relentless. Like, this kid, he's like 9-2 and two right now, right? Yeah. You know, so it makes me think, like, I got a lot of work to do to catch up to him. But, you know, and I don't even look at it like, you know, if anything, he won in a way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And that's what, like, sometimes... I, Sun Tzu said it too. I wrote it down. I forgot, but he talks about sometimes a win is more of a loss if you didn't know yourself. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's always been my issue. Like, also, Conor McGregor says it. You can get complacent with a win. That's true. You know? And, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, whew, it's over. Yeah. And then I got a month of people want to do this with me and do yeah. that with me. And then, like, I eat like crap. And yeah. then it, it just spiral effects, you know? And that's why I always wish I was signed to like a contract, like a three fight contract. So I know in my mind, yes, it's time to go. But yeah. it's the inconsistency and in fighting like kind of killed yeah, me, you know? Does, yeah. But it's like I also got to earn my stripes too, yeah, you know? And true. I can't say that, but I can't say that I have. But like, you know, it was weird. When I break my hand against Cameron, I knock him out in the second round. That fight was a, just a, a gut. You know, that fight was exhausting. Yeah. You know? I had some, I had a cool, um, I had some, I had a lot of good jujitsu going on in that fight. I did some 10th planet stuff in there. I had him in the lockdown. Oh, wow. I went underneath. So he was trying to punch me. And as he was punching me, I was whipping him back and forth and he hits his head off the mat and I roll under and I go to a leg lock, but he ended up switching it. And at the time I didn't know, um, and he went to basically put his, I should have, I had like a outside, whatever they yeah. call it, outside, um, what do they call it, Ashigarami? Yeah. Or whatever it's called, mm. I don't know. Yeah. And he put it on the inside and I should have switched my legs to go inside heel and, and grip him there. But I was just going for it. Yeah. And I had it on the outside, but his leg was on the opposite side of me. But 
there was a lot of good moments in that fight and for it being such a small cage and him being a shorter person his pressure you know i didn't keep him off me like i should um it looks like in the fight i got hit a lot but i didn't i was actually i went to the hospital after that to fix my hand and there's really i wish i knew this i wish you just had the once your your shit's broken you got to set up an appointment to get it fixed right you surgery yeah instead i wasted all all this time in the er but i know you have to go to the er for insurance purposes mm-hmm. so i'm in the i'm in the hospital i'm like both of my shoulders are torn and they're like what do you mean and i'm like both of my shoulders are, are in tons of pain like i need an mri or something I'm like oh well we can't do that here well what happened was like i'm supposed to i'm take you know ever here you take the punches on the shoulder like mm-hmm. you're rolling yeah, rolled your shoulder. yeah so yeah, you're yeah. rolling so mayweather does it all yeah. The time. Yeah, yeah so when he was coming at me he was i was blocking i was protecting myself but he punched my shoulders mm-hmm. right so i was like oh so th- then the pain started going away i'm like oh uh, like i did something right uh, <laughs> so that's dope so and you know you roll with the punch right so yeah. your face it looks like as it's coming i'm just oh i got rolling it. with it yeah it and, looks like you're getting hit yeah so that was crazy never broke a bone in my body <laughs> and i do it that way so tell me about the next fight the your second pro fight i was there for that yeah was so that it was a sweet fight yeah sweet yeah. fight yeah tell it me about that chaos. man so leading up to this fight i move furniture if anyone knows my family comes from you know owner a moving company i'm not rich at all <laughs> they don't give you crap they pay you less if you're a family member um <laughs> And I'm just hugging up couches in, in Smalbany, you know, in the yeah. tight Dutch houses. Oh, and yeah. That shit's a nightmare. Yeah. But um, so what I'm doing is I'm moving furniture throughout the week. Then I'm taking the eight, the Chinese bus to Manhattan. If anyone knows about the Chinese bus, it's like 20 bucks. They're, they don't have permits. Like this thing is an, a wreck. It's, <laughs> it's disgusting. And the first time I got on the bus, it caught on fire. Oh, my God. This, <laughs> all this they're like hey pull over motherfucker pull over like dude people aren't nice to asian people like if you don't speak english people aren't nice to you i'm just like what is wrong with people they're so mean to asian people if they don't speak it right yeah they really i don't know what it is but it's a good observation yeah it's a mixture it was just like a mixture of people like yo motherfucker you trying to kill us (laughs) like these crazy white girls are in there just flipping out and Finally, the smoke stopped, uh, right? Uh, something happened. We ended up taking it on, like, you know, just like I was on the airplane to Thailand, just, like, freaking out. Yeah. And then the next time, they never cleaned the bathrooms, and they just put tons uh, of chemicals on it. So that's all you were – my head was killing me. So, like, Eddie Fivey told me, like, whoever suffers the most is going to win the fight. And I suffered in many different ways leading up to that fight. Like, uh, lugging this heavy-ass bag around Manhattan – Going from this place to that place, taking the ferry over to Hoboken to learn wrestling and oh, wow. going to Church Street Boxing and just lugging this stuff everywhere and then shooting back out to Albany to move furniture for the rest of the week. Got like it. I suffered. And um, you know, same thing. It was uh Bellator, you know, it should have been a big opportunity for me, but it was like I belong there. In my mind, I'm like, I belong here. This isn't this isn't scary to me, you no. know. Um, was that turning stone casino? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was pumped, but I was like, cool, calm, collected. I wasn't overly nervous. Like 
you know, we, we got some good warmups in the back. And, but if leading up, if you watched the kid I was going to fight and you saw his highlights, like he's in like, he knocks people out with elbows. Like he's, oh, he's a savage. Yeah. He looks just- like. Savage. He looks like a savage. Yeah. Right? His anybody. name was crazy too. Yeah. 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 Crazy name. Yeah. Like I- <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to give him any. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Because he's a douche. <laughs> he was a yeah. douche. So like, there's levels. Yeah. You do respect. Like a guy like Cameron. I went to shake his hand, and he was like, no. Oh wow. Right. Cat. Same thing with the my second guy in Bellator. He was like blaming the ref that he wasn't knocked out, but. What they have is when you fall on your face from a knockout, doesn't matter what it was, how hard it was, whatever. If you fall on your face, that's the worst knockouts. So they have to stop it. Yeah. Right? Because he fell on his face like that. Yeah. So um, same thing. Cameron, both of those, both fights that I won, both guys fell flat on their face. Smoked them. So if I keep doing that, you know what I mean? Smoked I, them. My goal is I want to be on the contender series. I don't care how I get there. Yeah. I don't care when. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know they want young bucks. Yeah. They want young guys. I'm getting older. A, good, <laughs> a really good friend of mine, training partner, was on there. And I'm really proud of this guy. He's like, um, his name's Daniel Rodriguez. He's actually, now he's got the opportunity. He trains at Donald Cerrone's gym. Okay. He's, Joe, wow. Schilling, so he's Joe Schilling up. manages him. Wow, that's awesome. And so now, he's moving up. He's dude, on his way. He's on his way. Yeah. And he's a... He's, a blue collar work iron worker went now he works in like refrigeration he's got he's got kids like and he's constantly going from la to uh new mexico and he's just so inspiring because he's just like me where he's kind of a quiet guy but he'd show up to training and yeah. leave and he'd do his road work by himself and he some days he didn't want to train but he'd get working because yeah. he loves social media he's always on social media but he's a quiet guy but like yeah. very inspiring you that's know what good. I mean? So I'm inspired by people like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like you said, man, um, it's important. It's important. It's very important to have the right circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the right team. Mm-hmm. And I know with the way Matt talks about you, I know the way you talk about Eddie, um, your training camps, the people that were with you, in your training camps, man, that's all love. They all want to push you in the right direction yeah. and make sure you get there. You know, um, Matt's got a lot of love for you, man. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um at Eddie Five, I mean, you've been yeah. with him since this, when Spa City was Spa City, you know, yeah. <laughs> those days when it was yeah. when it was crazy. But I think that it's a testament to your success. You know what I mean? Having those people around. You you ever um, you ever look at someone and see like um, characteristics of like your dad in them? You ever have that? Yeah, happen oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. For Even sure. though Secor's a little bit old, I look at I've always looked at him like he had that little characteristic yeah. of like. Because my dad, love you, but fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't around. Be, yeah. But I would see bits and pieces. Like, I had a professor who was like that. And come to find out, he was a wrestler. But oh. he's a very, like, kind of an artsy design guy. Mm-hmm. But he's just, like, badass dude. He reminded me of, like, the, some characters of, like, a father. Same yeah. thing with Matt. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I have so much... Respect for Matt. Yeah, you know I love him. Yeah, I love him the death. So he's he's building he's building an army over there. But the thing that's interesting about it is, I mean, the t- technique is phenomenal. The school's phenomenal. But his approach to it towards building that school and the like the friendship that he wants and the family atmosphere that he wants over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of supersedes everything else. He just wants everyone to feel like they have a home and they have a family. And some of the things that he's done 
when people have been in bad situations or they don't have a family around, there's a birthday coming up or it's just, it's amazing how he balances all of that and takes everybody into consideration as an individual, as well as a family, you know? And I think that's, what's different. Like when he talks to you about your technique and what you need to work on, it's when he says it to you, it's almost like, how are you paying attention to anybody else? If you know so much about me, you know what I mean? But that's like the difference that he brings. And I feel like my jujitsu is, it's gone, it's gotten so much better in such a short period of time because of that, uh, that uh, the additional attention that he gives you. You know wow. what I mean? And if you're not there, he recognizes, he'll text you, like, hey, what's going on? Not in that annoying, like, hey, get back here, I need you. And no, it's just like, everything cool? You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. it's just different. That just added attention. It just makes you realize someone's looking out for you and someone cares, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it's, it's dope. He's building an awesome program over there, man. Yeah. When I, he actually, he didn't like, he kind of begged me. He's like, come out to Colorado. Yeah. And it was just like, I had uh, this fight lined. I think I had this fight lined up. Maybe not. Maybe it was right around that time. He's like, come out with me. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll come like a week later. And it was like really like spot on. Um, like no planning. Like he, the second he asked me, I went like the following week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, the dude literally like, fed me yeah he's a different person clothed not yeah. clothed me but yeah but yeah make sure you're you had uh dude housing and everything. Yeah. seriously like yeah. he took care of me and make sure everything was good Next you know level. what i mean yeah, like yeah. and i i won that fight because of him that's you know cool. what i mean that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah man. and see like yeah i mean he's creating this environment where you're pushing yourself to the next level but you feel perfectly safe doing it you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I've seen it before where people, because, you know, we talked about egos. Egos do make it to the mat sometimes. And he eradicates it very quickly. Because <laughs> I've had a, an upper um, an upper belt get a little too aggressive with me. Oh. And Matt doesn't let that shit fly. You know what I mean? He wants you, everyone to work. Belt? I'm yeah. a blue belt. Blue okay. belt. And um, there was a brown that was getting a little rough. And he regulated that quick. The person wasn't from the school training oh, okay. all the time. So he was he was just getting new. So he just needed to be adjusted. <laughs> adjusted him real quick. But it was the way he did it, it was so it was so subtle. You know what I yeah. mean? But everybody knew what was going on. Because yeah. after the guy, it was an arm bar that he threw me in. Matt's like, all right, you roll with me. <laughs> I went off to the side and just watched this guy get manhandled. And then Matt was like, we good? He's like, yeah, we good. <laughs> it was awesome. You know what I mean? But... That's that. That's the environment he creates over there. You know? I mean, he's he's literally the best around. So. Yeah. I mean, and he, and it's awesome too. Like when he goes to like a ceremony and people just want to kind of hang out, take pictures, and he's just like walks over and he's like, "You training? You training?" <laughs> he's like, looks at everyone like, "I'm go, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you." <laughs> I love it, dude. I it's love awesome. It. Sometimes, like, there's, you know, like I would say, I have. I was born with an athletic ability. I can pick things up really quick. I'm yeah. decent at every sport I do. Yeah. But like his mentality and other people, like some people's mentality is just like, damn. It's insane. Like I want that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, look, if you look at who Matt's fought. Oh, yeah. Dude. It's come on. Thing. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. people like, yeah, it just it sucks, man. Like, and it's not. It's just. And he's competitive the whole time through. It's he's no fought Khabib's that. brother yeah. with a freaking separated AC joint. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 strange when you watch him because 
you think you'd see some kind of weakness or like weakness or some kind of break or some no. kind of give or you think you'd see him you see him digging around for an excuse i watched him train for that fight there was no excuse in him and there was no give and i'm just like dude he's not joking <laughs> he's, not, he's, he's, he's not backing out of this he's not there's no excuses there's nothing and yeah i think that right there when you have that as the leader of the mm-hmm. pack it makes you aspire to, to different levels and he holds yeah. you accountable to those different levels. Mm-hmm. And it kind of weaves out your ability to put up excuses because mm-hmm. he's like everything that every excuse that I can come up with, he has had to, but he just didn't use it. You know yeah. what I mean? And it just makes you realize that man, to be that good, this is what it takes. You yeah. know? So he's the first video document, like little docu-series I want to make of him. Yeah. In a real badass way. Yeah. You yeah. It's I mean? true. It's no, I agree. No with one you. has done it. Yeah, for him. So I, it would be a, a free. I'd be honored to do to it. do that. That's yeah. a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Can you speak a little bit about uh, Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu before we wrap this up? Yeah. So I went to Tenth Planet um, headquarters. I was there for about a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my blue belt in like two months at this school called Aloisio Silva. They they claim they have they invented the omoplata. Oh gosh, that's interesting. But they're legit in a way. They they own the NABJJF. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're to that tournament, mm-hmm. but I ended up moving. Right, I uh, lived in South Central for a year. That was hard times. I can only imagine. Yep. I can only a imagine. white a white guy. Yeah. In like little Mexico, it's like everyone looks at you crazy. Like, yeah, I'm they, sure. Yeah. So, but it's like. You know, downtown was like five miles away, which is an hour L.A. time. <laughs> so um, I meet some of my I, that's where I met Daniel, um, a good friend of mine and coach, Matt, um, Matt Spencer. Shout out to Mog, man of God. That's cool. And um, yeah, I got was I was really lucky. I didn't have to pay for the 10th planet where. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I, I was on the 10th planet fight team. That's cool. And. I got to see like Kevin Gastelum, uh, Tony Ferguson, uh, oh, Alan Joban. What do you think of that system altogether? Like, um, you know, it's a little different. And okay. It like- it's not. So my buddy, my buddy, Matt, he is a brown belt. He's going to get his black belt soon under Eddie Bravo. Okay. That's massive. That's huge. That's tremendous. But he's got hamstrings that are bigger than this table. You know oh, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a middleweight. He's shorter than me, but he's a, he's a brick shithouse. And that rubber guard's not for him. Got it. But dude, he he's just a wizard. Like yeah. he's just like so good at jujitsu. And he came from football. Like Got he played it. D2 football. He's a stud. Um but he talks about, you know, the flexibility stuff and he's like it's geared towards smaller guys. It is. And with 10 Planet, they're always like right at right at knocking on the door, but they're not quite when it comes to like championships and I got getting you. their guys That's there, breakdown with that, um, yeah. and like with you know Hickson says, if you have to use any of your abilities to use jujitsu, you're doing something wrong. So if you got to use flexibility to use jujitsu, there's something wrong. Eddie Bravo talks about how oh well the rubber guard you can't get punched like I can, but if you're in the rubber guard, you're literally fighting against your own hand to hold. That's true. Like if you're in like you know the dead orchard or. You know, th- like, you know, you're doing all these pumps and these setups. And honestly, if you just can hip out, just keep hipping out, you can get that leg over to get into that rubber guard. So, like, is it even the rubber guard anymore? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's but, a good point. That's a really good point. Um, 
like Eddie Bravo. I know he's older, but he's having like a whole disc construction. That's true. That's true. Because of you're pulling your legs over your head. That's and if you think about it, what is he doing? He's doing the pre preformis stretch yeah. in yoga. Yeah, you know, the, you know the pigeon stretch. Yeah, that pigeon stretch. Yeah. That's not good for your. That's not good for you whatsoever. Oh really? No. <laughs> Look at the way you're looking at. <laughs> guilty or something no i'm just saying i just want to keep my my people aware you want to let me know preach on brother so like if but you know you can get to that flexibility or if you're you know rolling out your glutes rolling out your hands rolling out your it bands your posterior 45s interior 45s getting in on your abductors like doing all those things you can if someone is pressing you like you can get in that flexibility without injuring yourself you know what i mean but like if you want to keep pushing the envelope, that's not good. But like, look at them. You know what I mean? All the other stuff is dope. It's yeah. all basic jujitsu. It's all timing. Um, he's very militant when it comes to drilling. And, yeah. Um, but making up, like they have these scenarios. They have it written on this whole chalkboard wall. Um, you do, you know, we're going to do B tonight. We're going to do C tonight. And it's all these different drills. Um, that's nice, but it's like, you know, the hidden jujitsu, the timing, all that other stuff. Like you can't be prepared for any of that stuff. Damn right. Like the way someone's going to move, you don't know. No, that's the art. Yeah, that's the whole art of jujitsu. So you can yeah. you can try to be you know aware of it, but realistically, it's impossible. Yeah. So it's good. The guys are tough. They're obsessed with jujitsu. Um, they probably rip my leg off, but yeah. I'm just saying for like, I you know I gravitated back to the gi. You know what I mean? I like the gi. I like what it stands for, you know, in an MMA self-defense, you know, it, it, it goes hand in hand more than it would. Now look at the combat jujitsu that Matt's in. Yeah. That's changing. Yeah. I think a lot more purists are going to come because when you add strikes, yeah, it changes. Purist jujitsu is, there's nothing else like it. There's nothing else like it. That's true. Especially for that. So I'm excited for Matt. I'm super excited. Are you going? No, I won't be able to. Well, actually, I might be able to go. We'll see. We'll see. I wonder how much tickets are. Yeah. He's fired up, man. He's training. He's training his ass off. So it's going to yeah. be an exciting. It's going to be super exciting. Yeah. Good deal. Hey, Tom. So how long do you think we were talking? It feels about like an hour yeah. and 45. Damn, I hate when you guys do that. Yeah, one, you did 145. Okay. <laughs> Nicely done. Yes. <laughs> hey, listen, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thank you. I, I know I'm going to have you on again um great great conversation and uh yeah i'm just i'm glad to have you here man finally right yes finally thank you so much dude i feel honored good deal do you have any um any additional shout outs you want to do any shout outs yeah shout out to deja man that's, uh, that's what's up that's what's up <laughs> shout out to her shout out to everyone at uh, c Cor's gym sorry honestly guys i love every one of you there and it's not any disrespect because I don't come up and make it, but I'm broke. <laughs> I'm just broke. And I'm, I got, you know, it's a lot of time coming up here because when I am there, I like to talk. Yeah. And I'm there for hours. Ever. Yeah, that's how so it works. So by the time I get home, it's Yeah, it's on. a wrap. Yeah, your lady's home. Yeah, that's cool. All right. All right, Tom. Thanks again, man. Yep, thank you. All right, take care.